pleasing, pleasing. Are you a pleasing person? Be careful how you answer because I'm going to be talking about humility in just a moment. But you know, being pleasing uh, is important. If you're, if you're a a child living at home, and to me, whether that's a child who's five or 35 who's living at home, uh, you, need to, you need to be pleasing to your parents. I mean, that's, that's an important thing. And uh, if you, you play sports, to, pleasing to your, your coaches or you're in school, to your teachers or professors, uh, if you have a boss, you, it, it's important for your, for your future to be pleasing to them. And, and this evening, we're going to talk about being pleasing to God. From Luke chapter uh, 18, we're going to be in verses 9 through 14. And you know, this is a subject that I think is really, 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 really important. Not that there's any subjects in the Bibles that, Bible that aren't, but folks, God blesses those who please Him. God uses those who please Him. Uh, you want to live a life that pleases God and has God's favor and honor on you. So let's look at this. We're going to start with the negative first tonight. We're going to look at how not to please God. That, that's probably a good place to begin. And we're going to see a great example of how not to please God. In verse 9 and 10, Jesus told this story to some who had, I love this, great confidence in their own righteousness. And they scorned everyone else. Don't you already love that person? The two men, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. Now, the Pharisees, most of you know who Pharisees are. They are the Green Beret of Judaism. They are the religious elite. Not all of them were bad, but in Jesus' day, they had kind of warped religion. They'd made it very legalistic. They had made it really more about them and performance-oriented. Now, for the most part, at least outwardly, they were moral people. They were people who were religious. They were people who prayed. They were people that were in the synagogue and gave their money. I mean, they did a lot of good things. Here's what's scary is you can be highly religious. You can be highly moral. You can be in church every week for them, every Sabbath for us, every Sunday, and you should do those things, but you can do all those things and not be pleasing to God. That's scary, isn't it? How do we Live a life that God disapproves. I'm going to give you, there's obviously multiple ways, but in the story tonight, I'm going to give you two, give you two. Number one, be spiritually and morally arrogant. Be be spiritually and morally arrogant. If you want God's disfavor on your life, you want to be displeasing to God, here's how it's laid out in verses 9 and 11 and 12. Jesus told the story to some, listen, who had great confidence in their own righteousness, And they scorned everyone else. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that I'm not a sinner like everyone else. I don't cheat. I don't sin. He lied there, didn't he? I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like the tax collector. Can you believe this guy? Verse 12, I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth 
of my income. Now, they'd gone to the temple to pray. That's a good thing. A lot of these guys would try, of course, you live in Jerusalem, you try to go to the temple. Around the times of the morning and the evening sacrifices, there was some spiritual significance to that. A good Jewish person prayed at 9 in the morning, they prayed at noon, and they prayed at 3 in the afternoon. That was their normal, their prayer times, and that's good. And, and he certainly was going to be devout about doing this. In verse 12, he says, I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. He's a tither. Pastors love tithers. The law said that a Jewish person was supposed to fast one time a year. I mean, that was what was required, a minimum on the Day of Atonement. This guy fasted twice a week. The Pharisees fasted every Monday and Thursday, normally from sun up to sundown. So this guy's pretty elite. He seems like he's on the ball, doesn't he? But look in verse 11 again. The Pharisees stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God. I'm not, like a, I'm not a sinner like everybody else. Wow. You know, the sad thing is, is that this was common, that Jesus was addressing things that were common then. There was a famous rabbi that would have been about Jesus' era named Rabbi Simeon ben Joka. Listen to what he said. If there are two righteous people in the world, it would be my son and me. And if there's only one righteous person in the world, it would be me. Don't you love that humility? Listen, you want to displease God... Be able to quote the Bible, and a lot of these guys may have literally been able to quote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Go home and just work through Leviticus tonight and see how much uh, fun that would be memorizing that. And they could probably do that, but their moral and spiritual arrogance disgusted God, and it still does 2,000 years later. You want to displease God. There's a lot of ways you can do that. You can watch the news tonight and see a lot of people who are displeasing God. You want to displease God as a church person? Just be morally and spiritually arrogant. Here's the second way. Look down on other people. Look down on others. Verse 9, Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own rightness with God, and they scorned, don't you love that word, everyone else. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself. I thank you, God, that I am not like this tax collector. When it says in verse 9, they look down, it literally means with contempt. It means to have no esteem or value for someone else. It, it's to look down upon them. I want to read you a literal prayer that was found from, again, about Jesus' era. It's a, uh, obviously not a very good uh, Jewish rabbi leader said this, but listen to this prayer. I thank thee, O Lord my God, that thou hast put my part with those who sit in the academy and not those who sit at the street corners. God, I rise early and they, they rise early. I rise early to the words of the law, your law, they to vain things. I labor and they labor. I will receive a reward and they labor and receive no reward. God, I run to you and they run too. I run to the life uh, of the world to come, and they run to the pit of destruction. Do you think that's a prayer that honored God? <laughs> wow. What, what uh, goofballs. Jewish rabbis in Jesus' day were also known. Pharisees were known to say this prayer daily. And I'm not, you can't make this stuff up. 
God, I thank you that I'm not a Gentile. A Gentile is you and me. It's a non-Jewish person. I thank you I'm not a plebe. A plebe was a, a common person, a member of the, the uncultured part of society. And God, I thank you that I'm not a woman. <laughs> Pharisees were good guys, weren't they? They were snobs. You know what a snob is? A, a snob is someone who scorns people. Normally, a snob walks around like this. You wonder why they always have a cold because they have dust in their nostrils because they're always up in the air. You watch TV tonight and you watch some of the politicians and you watch some of the big shots as they begin to speak a lot of times. Seriously, they begin to tilt their head back. That's the way you look down on people. It's a way of scorning them. I mean, the old snob has his nose up in the air is a psychological fact, but it's a spiritual fact. These guys were the leaders of their Jewish society. And Jesus said, you don't please me, you disgust me. And one of the reasons you disgust me is that you look down on other people. That you think you're better than other people. Oh, they may have been respected at the temple. They may have been respected in their synagogues and certainly in their little crowds. But their pride and their arrogance and their snobbery found zero favor with God. Pride's at the root of all this. Kirstie Alley is a famous actress, and I don't know anything about Kirstie Alley, except she's pretty and she's a famous actress. But she said this. This was several years ago. She said, pride is not a sin, and whoever said that's an idiot. I'm going to give her a pass for just not knowing what she said because <laughs> God said pride's a sin. We're not talking about pride that makes itself try to be better, or to look better, to take care of things, but that arrogance looking down on other people. One last time, you want to not please God. Be morally and spiritually arrogant. Look down on other people because you're better than they are. You may boost your own self-confidence but you certainly aren't pleasing to God. So let's look at this, the flip side of this, how to be pleasing to God. How do we please God? Verse 10, two men went out to the temple to pray. Now remember, this is probably largely a Jewish audience Jesus is talking to. Pharisees are their heroes. The Pharisees are their four-star generals. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisees up here in their eyes, the tax collector is way down there in their eyes. Why were tax collectors so despised in Jesus' day? Well, almost certainly the tax collectors we read about in the New Testament were more Jewish people who worked for the Roman government. So right off the bat, they were considered traitors to their Jewish people. And a devout Jew wasn't going to have much to do, this is wrong and sinful, with someone who wasn't a Jew, but they worked for the Roman government. Here's how they collected taxes back then. Most of the time, they would sit at the entryway to a city or out on a road that was populated, and the Roman government would give them a certain amount of money to take up. Everything they took up over that was theirs. It was profit. And the Roman government didn't care if they took up $1 more or $10,000 more. Can you see a problem here? So you're, you're at the gate of Rustin out here, and everybody that comes in, you can tax them, and you can set the tax rate. You can see how easy it was to be corrupt and to be dishonest and to take advantage of people. They were hated 
by their peers, and yet this guy's going to be the hero of the story because he's the one that leaves pleasing God. How do we please God? Let me give you a couple of thoughts, but here's just the fundamental thing. Be humble before God. I'm going to share with you some thoughts on how in just a moment. But in verse 13, the tax collector stood at a distance, and he dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It says he stood at a distance. What did it mean by that? Well, when they went to the temple to pray, most people wanted to get as close to the Holy of Holies as they could. Now, you had to be the high priest one time a year to get in the Holy of Holies. You had to be a priest to get into the holy place. So the people were limited, but they wanted to get as close to which you would too, wouldn't you? This is where the presence of God lives. You want to get as close to that as you could. It says he didn't even want to do that. He stood at a distance. Oftentimes they prayed standing up, and there's nothing wrong praying with your hands up and your face up. But this guy, it says his head's down. This was a sign of humility. You know, when we pray once a month at the altar, and I always try to remind you guys, we bow our knee as a symbolic way of showing that we're bowing our heart. And it says his head was bowed as he prayed. How do we humble ourselves? This guy obviously was humble before God. How do we humble ourselves before God? Uh, here's a couple of things to remember. He's God and you're not. You, do you have a problem with that? <laughs> he, he's God and you're not. Pharisees didn't think they were God, but they thought they were his next tier right under him. In verse 13, the tax collector stood at a distance, dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Folks, we, uh, Henry Blackaby, uh, a Southern Baptist writer and author, has had a great statement. He goes, when you approach God in prayer, you can come to God boldly. You can come with passion. But always remember, it's not two equal sharing credentials. Do you, you hear me? You, you remember, he's God and you're not. Michael Jordan is a famous basketball player, former basketball player, one of the greatest, maybe the greatest ever. People in his heyday used to call him God. And he was asked in USA Today several years ago what it felt like to be called God. And to his credit, I didn't think he was strong enough, but he said, well, I don't like that. It's, it's, uh, it's not appropriate. You know, I, I don't feel like that's a, a good comparison. It's amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, if you're alive 100 years from now, Michael Jordan won't be. I won't be, but God will still be on the throne. Folks, always remember that, that you're, the, you're the cream of God's creation, but you're the creation and he's the creator. How do we stay humble before God? You want to please God? How do you stay humble before God? Always remember he's God and you're not. Number two, grasp your own sinfulness. May I pause and say this? Like you're going to say no. We're real good at grasping other people's sinfulness, aren't we? Amen? How good are you at grasping your own sinfulness? In verse 13, the the difference in the prayers is the Pharisees said, God, I thank you, I'm not like Lance. (laughs) And God was disgusted with him. And the Pharisee wouldn't even look up and said, God, I am a sinner in need of forgiveness. 
The word sinner there in that passage as he prayed, it means one who deviates off the path. I want you to be honest with me a moment. How many of you have deviated off the path today? If your hand didn't go up, you just did. (laughs) You lied. You deviated off the path. See, part of the Pharisees' problems were is they, they saw everybody else's sin but not their own. And that was their focus. And, and, and we don't waller in our sin and our mistakes. And there's a fine balance, but you need to be aware of the fact that you're a sinner still. You're maybe a safe sinner, but you're a sinner. Our problem is, is we compare ourselves to the lowest common denominator, don't we? We find somebody who is bad, and we look at them, and we say, man, I'm good. Some writer said this years ago, comparisons are odious. <laughs> they stink like a paper mill. I mean, when you, when, you, when you compare yourself to other people, you always find somebody who either makes you look really bad and you feel terrible, or you find someone who is bad and makes you feel good. If you're going to compare yourself to something, compare yourself to this. Compare yourself to that. I heard a great story. A man was in England, and he was, it was in the winter, and he had left London. He was going up, in, up into to, uh, some more rural country in England. He was on a train ride, and on the way up there, he saw a cabin in the woods, and he said it was pretty. It was white. It was nice. He said a week later, he came back through there, and there had been a heavy snowfall the night before. He said it was remarkable what looked like a really white cabin against the pure white snow. He said it was a dingy gray cabin. It's what you compare yourself to. Don't beat yourself up and waller over your sins, but never forget that you are a sinner who needs forgiveness, who needs God's mercy, who needs God's help in your life. And that's the, that's the last thing I would say in this. Grasp your need of God. Never forget your need of God. That this guy realized he needed God. I had a pastor, kind of a mentor in Tennessee named Bob Irvin, a wonderful man. And I remember Bob saying that he had seen people who were atheists. There is no God. Denied the existence of God. Didn't need God. And he'd seen those same people in the hospital after someone in their family had been terribly injured or they were terribly injured and how all of a sudden they cried out to who? They cried out to God. I don't want to get you to start asking God to help you to see you need him because it won't take long and you will. Do it on your own. <laughs> Realize how much you need God. Matthew 5, 3 is uh, it's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. We're looking at the sermon probably on the plain in Luke 6. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Other translations say it, I think, a little better. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We looked last week, those who are poor financially, poor in spirit, realize their need for God. So you stay humble before God when you never forget how much you need God. Here's the the next thing in this. You stay humble before others. I want to be pleasing to God. If I want to please God, I've got to be humble before him, and I've got to be humble before other people. In verse 9, he says, Jesus told a story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Wow. Man, (laughs) 
How do you stay humble before others? Well, just a, a, a couple of things. And, and I think that one we just looked at, just never forget you're a sinner too. You're a sinner too. You realize your sinfulness? You're a sinner. They're a sinner. I love what I heard a, a preacher say once about how we judge people. And this is so accurate. We judge people by what they do. We judge ourselves by our intentions, right? I mean, you can do something and I can do the same thing and you're a scumbag. I know I didn't really mean to do it, right? Are you with me? That's why judging people is such a bad job to get into. When you see people, and every person you see is a sinner, but never forget, so are you. How do I stay humble before others? I I'll never forget my own sinfulness. William Barclay, a great New Testament scholar, said, really, when you look at humanity, we're all a part of humanity, and we're all an army of sinners. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> some saved sinners, some lost sinners, but we're all sinners. We never forget that. And lastly, realize, realize everyone is as special as you are. I won't get you to raise your hands because it'd be embarrassing. How many of you do not feel you're special? Some of you really do, and that's why we need to get you to Brandon more often. That's funny. Laugh with me. Brandon's shaking. He's about to shake his head and nod it off. But See, the Pharisee had no problem with realizing how special he was. He just didn't believe anybody else was. You know, here, here's, I love what Ralph Waldo Emerson said. It, it's so true. I've said it a lot here. He said, every person you meet is in some way your superior. Every person you meet is in some way your superior. That helps you, doesn't it? Every person you meet, well, I've got a doctor's degree. Well, so do I. Get me to work on your transmission, and you will be deadly sorry, I promise you unless you have a bicycle. And there's guys that can fix a transmission who may not know the Bible. We just have different skill sets and different knowledge sets. Remember, everybody you meet is special. You know what? Jesus Christ died for you. Isn't that awesome? But see, I believe the Bible says he died for everybody you see too. How many of you believe Jesus created you? He created every other person you see. How many of you believe God really loves you? You're exactly right, and he loves everybody else just as much. You see, when we realize that everybody else is special too... That helps us be where we need to be. And that just, here's the last thing to bring it together. If we'll do these things, we'll be pleasing to God. Folks, again, I, I want you to really, to, to, to get a hold of this. You need, I need to live a life that pleases God. We need to be a church that pleases God, that has God's favor and God's hand and God's blessing on us. I mean, we need that more than we need anything else. We need the favor of God. In verse 14, here's what it says about our friend, the tax collector. I tell you, this sinner 
not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Folks, justified is one of the great biblical words. It means that he was declared innocent. It's a legal term that the evidence against him has been dropped. There's no record of his sins. He returned right before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You can't be saved if you're not going to bow yourself before God. You can't be right with God if you're not going to be bow yourself before God. But what the neat thing is this evening is you can be pleasing to God if you will put yourself in the right spot. I love what I heard someone say, and this is obviously speculation, but they believe that the gates to to enter into heaven are so low that you're going to have to be on your knees to get in. Isn't that good? Humble. I want to read to you, I dare won't sing it, but a part of an, an old song, a beautiful old song, Satisfied with Jesus. How many of you remember this song by B.B. McKinney? The first verse says, I'm satisfied with Jesus. He has done so much for me. He suffered to redeem me, and he has died to set me free. Wouldn't you agree with that so far? In the, in the, the, the chorus says, I am satisfied, I am satisfied, I am satisfied with Jesus. But the question comes to me, As I think of Calvary, is my master satisfied with me? Isn't that great? That's our question this evening. Would you pray with me? God, I pray in our time of decision that we'll be honest and courageous with ourselves and that we we will respond now as we need to, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Man, you're here tonight, and and maybe you haven't given your life to Christ, or you're unsure of that. Would you come in just a moment? When we stand, would you come and cross that line with Jesus? That's how you, you, you become justified. That's how you enter a relationship. Come and do that this evening. Maybe you're not a member of the church and you'd like to join. We would love for you to do that. Come and join us tonight. Christian, some of you tonight, I, I, I don't know your heart, but in the group of number here and the people here, some of you are really pleasing to God. Keep it up because this is dynamic. It's not static. You can be in a good spot tonight and not in a month. Others of you may not be as pleasing to God as you once were. Where we're standing or at the altar, do whatever you need to do to make sure God's favor and his hands on your life. Let's stand. And as we sing, you come.